Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Third and Short Podcast. As always, I am your host, Tyler Fiella. Uh, we do not have Joe here today. Unfortunately, he doesn't know the NFL quite as much as I do and uh, draft season as much as I do, I should say. So I'm just going to be doing this one by myself and um, just take you through a mock draft that I did and just see what you guys think of it. Um, this is possibly my favorite time of the off season because it, it, it takes in college football and the NFL, both, uh, both what I love very, very much and something that I really care about and something I'm very passionate about. So to be able to bring you guys both what I think from my college standpoint and an NFL standpoint, I love it. So uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, as you guys know, tonight at 8 o'clock is the first round of the NFL draft. And I'm just going to take you guys through what I think is going to happen, uh, some trades, and uh, yeah, we'll see what you guys think about it. So we're going to jump right in here uh, with the first overall pick, Zach, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Urban Meyer is now the head coach, and it's more than perfect for him to come in and have a shiny new rookie quarterback. So obviously the first pick here is going to be Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Uh, this seems like a no-brainer. He is the best quarterback prospect we've seen probably since Andrew Luck, uh, nothing more, no, no, nothing more surefire about this pick. Uh, this, this is what's going to happen. Number one, overall, number two, New York jets, uh, where I have them taking Zach Wilson out of BYU. If you guys are listeners of this show, you guys know how much I love Zach Wilson, how much, and when I jumped on his bandwagon earlier at the end of actually at the end of last year and at, all through this season, I think he is incredible. Um, very accurate, strong arm, great in the pocket. Reminds me of Patrick Mahomes, and that's obviously not my NFL comp for him. Uh, but if you actually look at the tape between two of the the comparisons between the two of them, it's very, very similar in just how dynamic they are on the field and how much of a game changer they are. So new head coach in New York, Robert Sala, gets his new quarterback, and he gets to run that team. And uh, we're going to go to number three here, San Francisco. This one was interesting because everyone's seen the reports. I mean, they could either take Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Personally, I, from what I've seen, Mac Jones at this time doesn't seem like the right fit for them because I think right now they're in win-now mode based on the weapons they have. Um, they have a great defense, a pretty good offensive line. Running game is great. Receivers are very, very dynamic and expendable. So... I don't think Mac Jones really fits this team right now. And I think that Justin Fields would come in right away and provide a spark for that team more than he would. So I, that is my pick here for number three, Justin Fields. This it's tough because Mac Jones was very, very good at very, very good at Alabama had a great year. But if you look at what Mac Jones did at Alabama, you can see that it was pretty easy for him just because of the players he had around him. I mean, you had Najee Harris in the backfield, John Mechie, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle on the outside. You can – it was very, very easy for him to not screw it up, if you can understand what I'm saying. It was very, very hard for him to do that. So I think Justin Fields provides that spark right away. Uh, Justin Fields is an incredible player. He's very athletic. Uh, reminds me of a lot of Cam Newton back when he was – in his prime in the beginning when he got drafted. Um, again, that's not a comp. It's just from what I've seen, from what I've watched. Uh, he, Justin Fields has shown signs of, you know, 
he, he struggled a little bit this year, but you know, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt and I think he's more than perfect for this team for the 49ers, I should say. And we're, okay. We're going to move on to number four. I got the Atlanta Falcons taking Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Uh, everyone, anyone that watched college football this year has seen what Kyle Pitts did for the Florida Gators and how explosive he made that offense. Um, and for the Falcons here that I doubt they're going to play him at tight end because he doesn't really profile. I mean, he could, he could play tight end if he wanted to, he has the size obviously, and he's an incredible athlete. So he is a positionless player. I would say on that offensive side, um, you could play him at tight end. You could play him at wide receiver. Now, obviously that the Falcons have what Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and, you know, he, he'll fit right into that offense. A lot of people think that I, I personally also, I think that they could trade out of this pick. Um, but in my opinion, what they should do is draft the best player in this draft and that's Kyle Pitts. So I think he comes in right away and makes this offense a lot more explosive than it already was. Uh, you got Matt Ryan, who's still kicking uh, Julio Jones, obviously Calvin Ridley. You you've got a very, very solid offense. But again, they could trade out of this pick and uh, help out their defense because God knows they need it on that defensive side. But for now, I'm just going to give them Kyle Pitts. Okay, uh, number five, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I'm going to give them Panay Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Um, I could very well see Jamar Chase going here at five just because of the chemistry he has with Joe Burrow and what they did at LSU uh, was nothing short of incredible. So I could see them taking Jamar Chase here. But if you look at what happened last year to Joe Burrow, uh, towards ACL because I mean his offensive line was abysmal um, and what he did with that offensive line was nothing short of incredible for a rookie so I think you bring in a guy like Panay Sewell who's proven that he is a freak on the offensive line he could literally play anywhere if you wanted him to but he I think personally I think he profiles better as a guard but if you play him on offensive tackle flip on the tape he's he's unstoppable he's just incredible and he's only I think he's what 19 yeah, you know, he's, 20, well, he's 21 now. He started, he was 18, 19 years old when he started at Oregon and he was 350 pounds and he was dominating. So this makes more sense to me than Jamar, to me than Jamar Chase because uh, you need to give Joe Burrow some time. And I think this will make their offense just a, a little bit better than it was last year. And you'll see Joe Burrow succeed even more. Okay, number six, uh, Miami Dolphins. This is my favorite team. Um, and this team has been the hardest to mock for, in my opinion, just because of what they can do with their picks. Uh, everyone's seen what they've done with trades and, you know, what they did in the offseason with the 49ers and the Eagles and moving up and down. It was insane. But now they land here at the number six pick. Uh, last year, Tua came in, it played nine games. Uh, in my opinion, and to the – you know, everyone else, obviously, that are in Dolphins and would say, ah, oh, two is this, two is sucks. You know, he did this, this, and that. But I, you got to give him – you got to cut him some slack a little bit. I mean, he came in with no offseason, no training camp, nine games, literally no weapons on offense. I think his best – I mean, his best receiver was Devontae Parker. That's still not saying much. Um, I mean, he was throwing to guys like Matt Collins, Isaiah Ford, uh, Lynn Bowden. You know, it's – they need someone on offense, and I think no one fits that more than Jamar Chase at number six. So 
this is just a guy that comes in and can take the pressure off of him right away. He creates separation. He's got great hands. Um, personally, I think Jalen Waddle is the best receiver in this class just based on experience because Jamar Chase didn't play last year. Um, but, excuse me, um, I think Jamar Chase comes in right away and provides a spark for that offense 100%. Gives Tua some options to throw to rather than you know having just – to wait for someone to get open because Jamar Chase can take care of that. Uh, he's an incredible, incredible player, extremely physical, great hands, can high point the football. He doesn't, he's not one of those receivers that needs to be schemed open. I apologize if you can hear that in the, in the background. Um, but he's a guy that doesn't need to be schemed open. He can create that separation on his own. He can, he's, his IQ is just incredible. And I think he fits this offense better. So Jamar Chase, number six to the Dolphins. Uh, moving on to number seven to the Detroit Lions. This could be a trade-out spot for them. Um, it could be. I don't think they will personally. So I'm going to give them Jalen Waddle here at seven. Um, they need help on that offensive side of the ball. Yes, they traded for Jared Goff. Um, they don't really have much on that offensive side because they lost Kenny Galladay. And they need someone to help them out because TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, they really, they can't hold it like, like they, they should. Um, so you bring in a guy like Jalen Waddle who can come in and make that offense just a little bit better. I think it's perfect for them. Uh, yeah. He arguably the best receiver in this class. He's extremely fast, great hands. See, it's, I'd like to think you see him like he's playing with a jetpack on just because of how fast he is. Um, Obviously, he's not going to play as your ex receiver. He's not an outside guy. I mean, he's also, and the great thing about him is that he's also not a one dimensional receiver. He can run possibly every route in the route tree. So I think this makes a lot of sense for them at number seven. Okay, we're going to move on to the first trade of the first round. And with the Carolina Panthers at eight, I don't think they need anything at this point in the draft. So I think they trade back with the New England Patriots. Uh, very uncharacteristic of Bill Belichick to trade up in this scenario because I don't think anyone's ever seen the Patriots trade up before in the draft. But I think now more than ever they need to, and I think they trade up to number eight and take Mac Jones out of Alabama. They are looking for a guy to come in and provide competition for Cam Newton. Obviously, Cam Newton is probably going to be the day one starter, but Mac Jones comes in. He's got great experience in a very complicated offense at Alabama. Um, he's got the terminology, he's got the IQ, he's got the build, he's got you know a lot of the intangibles of a quarterback that Bill Belichick really wants. And I think that this makes sense for them. And I think a lot of New England Patriot fans would be happy about it. So yeah, Mac Jones makes a ton of sense here for, for uh, almost at Alabama, for uh, the Patriots here at eight. So that's the first trade of the first round that I have. Now, on to number nine, the Denver Broncos. They have a lot of options here at nine. This could be another trade out for them. Uh, I doubt it, though. I think they need a lot of help. I don't think that Drew Locke is the answer at quarterback anymore. Um, from what we've seen his first two years in the NFL, not very good. Um, and that's why I think they take Trey Lance here out of North Dakota State. Uh, not my favorite quarterback in this class, just because of how raw he actually is. Um but, I mean, he's still got great arm strength. He's very accurate, very good in the pocket, very good outside the pocket. Um, you know, he's great footwork. 
And he he can make the throws. He can make the throws if you need him to. But I think that he needs to come in and learn in the first couple games. I wouldn't say he's day one starter, but you if you keep Drew, you're going to keep Drew Lock. But if you see him struggling in the first couple games, you throw Trey Lance in, no question about it, and see what he does. Um, he is probably the my least favorite quarterback in this class just because he did, didn't play last year because of COVID. And um, I think it's very difficult for someone to, especially a quarterback, to come in from playing FBS football. Obviously, no disrespect to the FBS, but um, playing FBS football and coming straight into the NFL, it's going to be a culture shock for him. And I don't know. We, nobody knows if he's going to struggle or not. This is, I always have a thing with quarterbacks in the NFL and college, coming into the NFL from college, I should say. I don't, it's not fair to evaluate them fairly unless they've taken snaps in the NFL. Now, you could say Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, they're can't miss prospects, blah, blah, blah. You could say whatever you want, but we've heard it time and time again that these guys are can't miss whatever. They're this, this, and that, and they come in and they, they're terrible. And, you know, it, it's so hard for you to evaluate a quarterback and to be really sure how good they're going to be until they've done it in the NFL. So, it's hard, but if you're just saying, you know, this team needs a quarterback, take them. And this is what the this is what Denver needs to do. Because Drew Locke is just not it anymore for them. Okay. Uh, number 10, Dallas Cowboys. Um, you got Dak coming back from an injury. You got Zeke still playing pretty well. Your offense is loaded with receivers, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. Um, you got Blake Jarwin coming back from injury. You need to take defense in this draft in the first round. This needs to be a defensive draft for you guys solely because, you know, it's looking weak. It's looking thin. It's looking very, very thin. And I think you come in and you take Patrick Sertan out of Alabama corner, possibly the best press man corner in the draft. Him and JC Horn are pretty close, but I think I'd give the edge to Patrick Sertan. He's extremely, extremely physical on the line of scrimmage. Um, He's got. He's obviously got NFL DNA. His dad, Patrick Sertan, played for the Miami Dolphins and the Chiefs. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? He's got great length. I mean, he's he he fits this scheme. He's going to be playing a lot of man coverage, so I think he fits the scheme of Dallas very very well. Um, he could play zone as well. I mean, he's not obviously he played a lot of different coverages at Alabama, but his strength is press man. I think it's where he excels, and I think. Dallas is a perfect spot for him. I think it's a safe pick for the Cowboys. So this pick makes more sense than anything right now at this point. Okay. Um, we're going to go from one. We're going to go from one side of the ball at Alabama to the other. We got the Giants here at 11. Um, they need some help big time. If a quarterback falls to them, they could trade up and take a quarterback. I doubt it. Um, maybe they give Daniel Jones another year. I don't know why they would, but that's, I don't run that team. So that's not my decision, but they take, I think they take Devontae Smith here out of Alabama. Obviously, Devontae Smith had an incredible, incredible year. Heisman Trophy winner, won all these awards. Um, I do think he benefited from Jalen Waddle not being on the field because one, if both of them are on the field, it's very, very hard to cover the both of them just because how fast and how explosive they are. So, but nonetheless, you can't take away from what he did. I mean, he's an incredible route runner, great hands, great footwork. I mean, he's a great receiver. I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, he's great in space. He creates separation. You know, he can run every route in the route tree. 
he's a great receiver. And I think you give Daniel Jones an option like that, then you can actually see what he can do. So I think this pick makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, number 12, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, if the Giants somehow do take a quarterback, I think the Eagles take Devontae Smith there, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to say, what, who are they going to take? Uh, they, I think they take J.C. Horn here out of uh, South Carolina uh, because they need help on corner. Darius Slay's getting older, and they really don't have a good option at cornerback too. So you bring in J.C. Horn, another guy who's great in press man, can play zone as well. Not as technically sound as um, uh, Patrick Sertan, but he he can hold his own. He held his own against some great SEC receivers last year. Um, he's very long. He's built. He can he can be physical with some of those good guys on the outside. Um, he's very disruptive. He's got great ball skills. Great and off man. Good tackler. Um, he's an okay tackler. He's not the best, but, um, some problems with him, you know, he's not great with routes, uh, recognizing routes sometimes. Um, but I wouldn't really not give him a knock for that. He's a great starter. He's a, comes in all day one starter for them on the outside. Um, yeah, but I think he's going to be great in both man and zone coverages for that, for the Eagles. So yep. JC Horn, South Carolina, great pick for them. 13, Chargers. Um, if the Bengals do not take Jamar Chase and they take Pene- – or if they take Jamar Chase and they don't take Panay Sewell, I think the Chargers trade up and try to get Panay Sewell from anybody. Um, but here they – in this scenario, they do not. So I have them taking Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. I do believe at this point right now that Rashawn Slater is the better player than Panay Sewell. No, it sounds crazy, but – Rashawn Slater is very, very, very good in pass pro. Um, he's just more experienced. He's divert. I mean, he's very, very, very flexible at the at all in the offensive line. He could play anywhere. Um, he, 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 I mean, he plays great. He's very, very good in zone zone blocking. Um, preferably, it fits probably more of a West Coast offense, which is why he's great for the Chargers. Um, he can help protect Justin Herbert, give him more time in the pocket, see what he can really do with a great offensive line with the weapons he's got over there in uh, Los Angeles. So Northwest or Rashawn Slater makes a ton of sense here. Uh, number 14, got the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they need a lot of help on the offensive line. They need help on defense too, but I think they need to give Kirk Cousins some more time in the pocket. Uh, now that Kirk Cousins has another weapon on his receiving core and Justin Jefferson, I think they take Elijah Vera Tucker here at a UFC, uh, <laughs> USC. Um, extremely physical with the line of scrimmage. He play, plays predominantly guard. Um, incredible athlete. Um, he's, he is very, very athletic in the passing game. Uh, he's strong, big build, great balance. I think he, you know, fits very well in this scheme. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a, he can adapt to any scheme being a great athlete that he is, but um, this makes a lot of sense for them at this point in the draft. They need to help Kirk Cousins a lot and uh, give him some more time. So Elijah Vera Tucker here at 14 makes a lot of sense for the Vikings. And I, I don't know if I said this in the beginning, but this is what I think they should do, not what's going to happen or whatever, but I think this is what happens, in my opinion, what happens in the draft. Oh, excuse me. Um, 
Okay, 15, Carolina, after their trade with New England, they, they are here at 15. Uh, they get Sam Darnold in a trade from the Jets. Uh, they need to give him some time in the pocket, let him see what he didn't have in uh, New York, and that was an offensive line and a competent coach to coach him, um, give him some weapons. I mean, he's got Roby Anderson. He's got uh, DJ Moore. So give him some actual assets and see what he can do with that. And I think they give him another one here, and they give him Christian Darisaw offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Um, another very, very good player in pass pro. Um, he'll probably start at left tackle, protect uh, Sam Donald's blind side. Um, let's see. What is he? I mean, I, he's an incredible athlete, obviously. Um, he'll come in, start day one for sure. He he checks all the boxes as an NFL pass pass protector. He he's great size, six five three fourteen. Even with his build, he's extremely athletic, very strong at the point of attack. You flip on the tape, he doesn't make many mistakes. That's for sure. So I think he'll be more than a solid um, starter for them at in the beginning of the season. Ooh, voice crack. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, sixteen Arizona Cardinals. Now, their number one corner probably was taken, J.C. Horn. So they're sitting at 16. What do they do? I think they take the second best or the third number three corner in the class and Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Uh, he had a great year this year. Um, he kind of played him. He played himself into the top 20 in this draft just because of what he did for Northwestern the season they had this year. Um, I think he's very exciting. He's great on the perimeter. Um, great ball skills. Uh, as I said, great athlete, um, very instinctive plays sideline to sideline when he's not in man. Um, I think he can be very, very good for a weak Arizona defensive or a secondary. They lose Patrick Peterson. Obviously it's a big shoes to fill being with the player Patrick Peterson was, but he comes in and he provides a decent spark for that defense. And, uh, He's very gifted, very, very gifted. Uh, I think he'll, he's going to be a more than solid corner for this team uh, long-term. Okay, moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders at 17. Um, need a lot of help on defense. Um, they could take linebacker here. I don't think they will personally. I think they need to help that defensive line a little bit, uh, interior specifically, and I think they go Christian Barmore here from Alabama. Um, one thing though about Christian Barmore, he's not very experienced. Uh, he only, he was a one-year starter at Alabama, but so was Quentin Williams. So, you know, doesn't really stop him. They're very smart. He predominantly a three tech. Uh, if you don't know what three tech is, that's when he plays just inside of the, of the guard in the center. He'll be playing right in the middle of them. Uh, very dominant up front, limited reps though, but, Still very, very dominant. Um, came in. He's got he, – he came in, you know, obviously unknown. Nobody really knew who he was in the beginning because just didn't really play. But he came in and is great up the middle, stops the run. He's got incredible power. Um, his, his, his pass rush – not pass rush, but his moves as a defensive tackle are very, very rare for a guy his size and his stature at 6'5", 310. Very smooth. Uh, I think he comes in and plugs up the hole up the middle in the run. 
And I think he'll be a very, very good starter for that defensive line in Las Vegas, hopefully to get back to that physical history that they've uh, been so well known for. Okay. 18, the Miami Dolphins, as I said, my favorite team. Um, again, they need a lot of help on offense. The fan in me wants them to take Najee Harris here just because of you know, what kind of player Najee Harris is and the generational talent he can be. Um, but at this point in the draft, they need help. They need a lot more help on defense and the defensive line specifically. Um, edge because we lost Shaq Lawson. Now, Emmanuel Agba was great last year, but he's not going to be able to do it on his own. Um, I think we need to take a guy like Jalen Phillips out of Miami just because of he's the most polished pass rusher in this class, in my opinion. Um, he's got some injury concerns. He's got some concussion problems. Those were his injuries. He had three concussions at UCLA, and they forced him to retire, basically. But he figured out a loop that UCLA was – like they had a rule that said that you have to retire after three concussions, and he just transferred to Miami, and he was fine this year. Um, you know, he's, he's got some injuries too. He's got some a, a wrinkle, an ankle, a wrist, but nothing too crazy that stops him from playing. He's very balanced. He's a great – he's a great against the run in the pass. Um, he's got great move uh, – great pass rush moves. Um. You can even play him on stunts. You can play him on twists. You can play him on the outside at the five or seven tech if you really wanted to. Um, good thing for him is that he fits the Dolphins scheme at that hybrid three, four, four, three. Um, he could play three, four outside linebacker. He could play four, three defensive end if he wanted him to. So he's very expendable. And I, it's what I love about him. And I think he makes a lot of sense for them here at 18. Uh, rather than taking a running back now because of just how good this running back class is right now. I think we can wait just a tad on a running back because, you know, running backs aren't really, they're valuable, but they're replaceable. So we can, we can wait on that. I have no problem at 19 uh, Washington football team, obviously no quarterbacks right now to take. Uh, They're going to have to deal with Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick in that quarterback competition, but they need a lot of help at linebacker. And I think Micah Parsons here, makes a lot of sense for them. Um, he could be, I mean, he could play uh, outside linebacker. He could play Mike linebacker, whatever, whatever you really want. He's very, very, uh, ver- he's very versatile. He's fast. Um, he's still got some work to do in his pass rush moves, but I mean, he's explosive enough to where and athletic enough to where he can make plays on that off, off, um, off the ball linebacker. He's a great blitzer. Um, he gets to the quarterback really, really fast. He's got great instinct for the game. He's, he's very solid. He didn't play last year. Again, it's very, I, it, I still think it's going to be a little hard for him to adjust, but I think once he finds his footing in the NFL, he's going to be very, very good. So Michael Parsons makes a ton of sense for them here just to help out that defense just a little bit. Uh, Chicago at 20. Uh, signed Andy Dalton in the offseason. Uh, obviously not what they were looking for, but they have to deal with it. Uh, they need help on offensive line just to give Dalton a little extra time in the pocket. And I think Christian or <laughs> Alex Leatherwood, Jesus, Alex Leatherwood makes a ton of sense here for them. Uh, profiles great as a he could play left guard, right guard. He could play he could play all over the offensive line. 
Um, but I think he profiles better as a tackle. I mean, he's huge, but he, he's very, very athletic. He could play anywhere. Um, he's very clean in the past game. Uh, nothing really to nitpick about. Um, he's got great hands. He's very aggressive in the run game. He can overpower an edge rusher. Um, yeah, there's nothing really too crazy about him that uh, would really cause for concern. I mean, he's, I guess you could say he's a little stiff on the bottom that prevents him from moving that quickly, but I wouldn't say that's a knock on him to not draft him at this point because of how good he actually can be. So I think this is a, a great pick for them here at this point in the draft. Um, I could see Chicago trading up and taking a quarterback if they really wanted to. I doubt that happens, but um, I think this makes more than enough sense for them to take here at 20. Okay. Moving on to the Colts at 21. Uh, you get Carson Wentz in the offseason. You get a brand new quarterback. You have a great offense. You have good receivers, good running backs, a good offensive line. You lose Anthony Costanza, which is huge because of how good he was at that tackle position. But I think here you take Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State, uh, another offensive tackle, very experienced. He's a veteran and played 37 – started 35 games at Oklahoma State. Uh, he can play right guard, tackle, both tackles. Uh, he's got a ton of experience on the offensive line. Um, he's huge, six foot six, three twenty. He's a great, great. Uh, he's top heavy, I would say, but he is so strong at the point of attack and freak athlete. All of these offensive linemen this year are incredible athletes, which is great to see. So they're very, very versatile on that line. They can play anywhere. Um, he could. He'll start out probably as a tackle. They might move him into guard eventually. Not, obviously not at left guard where Quentin Nelson plays, but they could start him at tackle, see how he does, and then move him into guard if nothing, if that doesn't really happen. Um, uh, what can I say about Tevin Jenkins? Other, I mean, there's nothing really crazy about him that I would say is a cause for concern. Um, he's got quick hands. He's great in the run game. Pass game, obviously, he's great. He's just got overall a lot of experience, which I think will benefit him in the long run as an offensive lineman in the NFL. So I think he can provide some veteran leadership being a rookie just because of the knowledge he has for that position. Uh, moving on to the Titans at 22, uh, you lose Corey Davis to the Jets. Um, I've been hearing some links that they have, the Titans have to Julio Jones. I don't know really what can happen with that, but who knows? We'll see. Um, but right now, I think they need someone to help out that offense just a tad more, even though they have a pretty good offense, a great running game, obviously, with Derrick Henry. But to give help A.J. Brown out a little bit, I think they bring in one of his former teammates as Elijah Moore. Um, Elijah Moore, incredible slot guy. Undersized, but that's why he plays great in the slot. He's an incredible athlete, so fast, so quick. His footwork is unbelievable. His route running is so good. Um, not Obviously not a great blocker being 5'9", 184, but that's no knock on his size. He's just not going to be one of those guys. He's, he's a, I mean, he's a big play guy. He is f so fast. I mean, his routes might be limited due to his size and where he's going to play on that offense. But you know what? He could probably he'd be a hell of a punt returner. Great special teams guy, be a starting receiver probably day one. Um, so I think he makes a lot of sense here for the Titans at 22 just to help out that offense a little bit. Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink real quick. 
Okay. Um, okay. Next, we got the Jets at 23. Uh, they need. They have a lot of holes on that team. Obviously, you draft Zach Wilson. Uh, you have Corey Davis. You got some pieces on that team, a little, some, some, I should say. Uh, you have Mackay Becton at left tackle. Perfect player for Zach Wilson to trust right away for his blind side. Um, but I think you need to help out that defense just a little bit. And I think you take Quiddy Pay here out of Michigan. Uh, very established pass rusher. He's not incredible. He's a very high ceiling, very, very high ceiling. But he'll he'll be definite edge, edge guy. Um coming into the NFL. He's very explosive. Uh, excuse me. Jeez. Um, he's a, I mean, he's a very, very established pass rusher. He's nothing obviously to rave about. He's not, in, he's not over the moon, incredible, anything that's great. I mean, he's a good player. It's really it. He can defeat blocks very well. Um, he's, I mean, he's trending upward, you know, in the pass rush game. He's, Got some great size. He's 6'4", 277. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, he's got a high motor. So I think he's a good scheme fit for this team. Uh, he'll be, he'll be, I think he'll be pretty solid in the NFL. Probably take him a little bit to get his feet wet. But I think once he gets comfortable, he'll be pretty good. Here, I think this is my Latin. Yeah, this is my last uh, trade in the first round. Not many that I could see, but I had a couple that I really liked and I think made sense for these teams. Uh, 24 was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have them trading, excuse me, back with the Buffalo Bills. And I have the Buffalo Bills trading up to take Najee Harris out of Alabama. Um, obviously, we know how good that offense is over there in Buffalo with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. I think Najee Harris comes in and solidifies that offense and makes them an automatic Super Bowl contender. Uh, if you watched any college football last year, you know how good Najee Harris was for Alabama, how explosive he was. As a running back, he is the perfect player. He can catch out of the backfield. His vision is second to none. He's incredibly fast. His athleticism speaks for itself. I mean, he is just the perfect running back prospect for this year. I would love to see Miami take him, but at that point where we are in the draft, I don't think we should so I, it hurts me as a Dolphins fan to give our rival one of my favorite players in this draft. But, yeah, I, got, I had to do it because it just made sense. You know, it makes sense for Buffalo to do it. They need help. They need help. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are just not it for them. And they need to, uh, they need to do it. So that's why I did this trade. Uh, okay, moving on. 25, Jacksonville Jaguars. Draft Trevor Lawrence. Okay, now what do you do? You give him protection, 100%. That's, you take Sam Cosme out of Texas, very athletic offensive tackle. He's, again, another veteran, started 34 games at, in Texas. Uh, he's got a lot of experience at the both tackle positions, so you know he's versatile. He's got he's an incredible frame, 6'7", 300. He's an absolute mammoth on the line. He's a great pass protector, um, above-average athleticism. Um, probably will need maybe not the whole season, but a couple, like a few weeks in the season to really learn the NFL pass protection, um, against some of these very, very, very good defensive linemen in the NFL that we have. Um, one flaw that really sticks out for me is just how he doesn't really play with leverage. Um, 
It's going to hurt him in the long run, I think, because of how good these defensive linemen are. They can really use that against him and get past him. So I think he needs to clean that up just a little bit. Overall, though, I mean, he's very, very good. Very, very good. Um, He'll probably start the season. I'd like to see him start the season at left tackle just because you got to give Trevor Lawrence – I mean, he could play both, but I think he would be better as a left tackle and see what he can do in that. Um, But overall, I mean, this is a very solid pick for them. I have no problems with them taking a great athletic offensive lineman like this for him. Okay, moving on to 26, we got the Cleveland Browns. Um, Great season from them last year. They made it to the playoffs. It was incredible for Cleveland and that city to see a team like the Browns do that because of how long it's been since they've had a very solid team. Um, But I think they need to get – excuse me, I have to take a drink. I think they need to take Aziz Ojolari here out of Georgia. I think it makes a lot of sense for them at this point in the draft. Uh, I know they just got Jadavian Clowney out of free agency. Um, But he's only going to be there for a year, and I doubt he stays there for longer. So I think that Aziz Ojolari makes a ton of sense for them here. He's probably one of the more underrated pass rushers in this draft. Um, but I mean, he's a hybrid. He could play in the three, four outside linebacker. He could play four, three defensive end. He's not the greatest with pass rush moves, but as a bull rusher, he's physical, very, 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 very physical at the point of attack. Um, to get to the quarterback, he's got a very high motor. Um, he needs help. Yeah. He needs help with his technique just a little bit, but I think once he works on that, I think he'll be a very, very, very solid edge rusher for them in the few, for the future. Okay, 27, Baltimore. Uh, this was a little tough for me just because, you know, they traded Orlando Brown not long ago to the Chiefs. They need a lot of help on the offensive line. They need receiver. They need uh, offensive line. They need edge. I decided to give them Joe Tryon out of Washington. This may seem to li- this may seem a little uncharacteristic and a little far fetched just because he's really not the greatest pass rusher in the world. But I mean, again, great athleticism for his size at two fifty one six four. Um, he's a good pass rusher. He'll probably play three four outside linebacker. He gives them a lot of help on that outside, and he can get to the quarterback. That's what they need. They need someone who can get to the quarterback quick, and this guy makes perfect sense for them. Okay, 28. Now, I've heard the Saints were tr- saying they would trade up for Caleb Farley. To me, obviously, what do I know? I just talk. I don't, I don't run an NFL team. I'm not a GM. I'm not a head coach. But Caleb Farley right now doesn't seem like a guy you would trade up for because he's really – he, I mean, in the beginning of the year, everyone thought he was cornerback two in this class, but he's dropped all the way down to maybe cornerback four. So I wouldn't say trading up is the best situation for that, but if you stay at 28, I think you'll be able to get him. So I think Caleb Farley here for the Saints makes a lot of sense. Um, very solid. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. Just some injury concerns. Uh, if you've watched anything back 
like in the last week or so, he found out that he has COVID and obviously he won't be at the draft, but that's not taking anything away from him. Uh, he did have an ACL tear in 2017, had some back problems that caused him to miss a few games. But I mean, as a corner himself, he's, he's very solid, great in zone coverage, um, great in man. He'll probably play a lot of man coverage in the NFL. Um, he's great. He's got great ball skills. He's great in coverage. He's sticky. Um, I think he'll be very, very solid in his rookie year. Obviously, you have to watch those injuries, but I think this is a perfect pick for them to play opposite Marshawn Lattimore and help out that defense just a little bit so it can help out that offense. That's going to be probably struggling for them this year in New Orleans. Okay, 29, Packers. I've been saying this for the past probably four years. You need to take a receiver in the first round for Aaron Rodgers. In Aaron Rodgers' career, since he was drafted, he has not had a first-round receiver pick for him. Yes, Devontae Adams was a third-round pick. Equinemius St. Brown, Alan Lazard, hell, even Robert Tunyon, they were all either undrafted or not in the first round. And that's nothing short of incredible for what Aaron Rodgers has done for that offense. Even Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones wasn't a first-round pick. So this seems more obvious than anything to take a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. A first-round wide receiver, that is. And that's Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Right away, great route runner. Ball skills incredible. Toughness, great blocker. Um, he'll probably play a lot in the slot, um, which is what they need because Devontae Adams obviously plays on the outside. He's got great potential. He could play future pro bowler, in my opinion. Um, he's, I mean, he's so fast. He's great off the line of scrimmage, creates a lot of separation. I, I don't see why they wouldn't take him at this point just because of what he's done at Minnesota and how great he is and why he slipped so far in this draft. I think you need to give him a wide receiver, and this makes a lot more sense. Okay, 30. Okay, the Steelers. A lot of people see them taking a running back in the first round. I don't really see that, to be honest, just because they have no offensive line at whatsoever. Uh, Villanueva's gone. Marquise Pouncey's gone. So right away, you need to get someone in there right away, and Landon Dickerson can fill that hole right away. Such a solid, solid center. That's If you want the definition of veteran, that's him, Landon Dickerson. Obviously, towards ACL in the semifinal last year, but I still it doesn't take away from the fact that he is so, so, so good. Um, he can play guard if you want him to. You don't even have to put him at center, but he's huge. He's 6'6", 326. He's not the greatest athlete in the world, um, but he's incredibly strong at the point of attack. He's got great hands. You know, he's so strong. He's a great blocker. I mean, he's everything you want in the center minus the injuries, which could be a concern, but I don't think that, I mean, this is what's going to probably cause him maybe not to go in the first round, but I think he, the Pittsburgh Steelers need to take a chance on him because of what they need at this point in, for their team. So Landon Dickerson, 31, uh, Baltimore Ravens. This is their Orlando Brown pick they got from the Chiefs. Um, they need help on defense. I think I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to give them safety Trayvon Merrick from TCU. Um, he, and ball hawk free safety. 
Um, he'll probably play a lot. He'll, he probably will never come down and play nickel corner. He'll probably might primarily play up top, over the top. Um, he's not really the biggest. He's not really one of those guys that flies around and is going to be making a ton of plays sideline to sideline. He's more of a guy you stick out there and let him play center field and just he makes the plays on his own. Um, he's a great tackler. He's very aggressive. Um, be really good in man coverage. Um, he needs help. The one thing I did uh, recognize when I watched him is that he kind of he doesn't have the greatest discipline with his eyes. Um, he tends to look back at the quarterback a lot, doesn't really focus on the receiver, and that causes him to lose a step when covering someone. Um, he tends to bite on the double moves. Um, but that I'm um, obviously these all can be, all these can be coached at the NFL level. So I wouldn't say it's a cause for concern. I think it's a perfect pick for the Ravens at this point, give them a little more help at that defensive side. Okay. All right. Last pick in the first round, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, obviously Super Bowl winners. They returned all 22 starters on that team, which is incredible. I don't think that's ever been done. Um, to say they don't really need any help. It's not really true. They need, someone to pick um I honestly don't think they pick someone in this draft in this first round I think they trade out but for the sake of just taking someone uh, I gave him Levi on from Washington he's a defensive lineman um he's not a guy that can that will probably start right away um yeah he's a eventual starting NFL defensive lineman I was just looking at his profile just to really get a idea of what kind of player he actually is. Um, he's a guy that he's going to be rotational. He's not going to be one of those guys that comes in and causes havoc right away on that D line. But I mean, he's a very solid defender. Very, very solid. Uh, good quickness. He's athletic as hell. Um, plays with great leverage as he's great in the run against the run, which is what they love in that, at that defense over there in Tampa. Um, he, uh, primarily plays that four three very well, so he he's going to be very solid. I think this is a perfect pick for them at this point. Uh, again, I don't really think they pick at this at thirty two. I think they trade out, but for the sake of argument, I think they can take him at that point. Okay, um, that's it for my first round. Uh, I'm just going to go through it quickly. I'm not going to really give any reasons. I'm just going to go through them. Uh, number one, Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. I got the Jets at two, taking Zach Wilson. Forty Nine ers at three, taking Justin Fields. Atlanta at number four, taking Kyle Pitts. Cincinnati at five, taking Panay Sewell. Six, the Dolphins taking Jamar Chase. Seven, the Lions taking Jalen Waddle. Eight, the Patriots after trading with Carolina, taking Mac Jones. Nine, the Denver Broncos taking Trey Lance. Ten, the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan. Eleven, the Giants taking Devontae Smith. The, uh, Twelve, the Eagles taking J.C. Horn. Thirteen, the Chargers taking Rashawn Slater. Fourteen, the Vikings taking Elijah Vera Tucker. 15, the Panthers taking Christian Derisaw. 16, the Cardinals taking Greg Newsom. 17, the Raiders taking Christian Barmore. 18, the Dolphins taking Jalen Phillips. 19, the Washington football team taking Micah Parsons. 20, the Chicago Bears taking Alex Leatherwood. 21, the Colts taking Tevin Jenkins. 22, the Titans taking Elijah Moore. 23, the New York Jets taking Quiddy Pay. 24, the Buffalo Bills taking Najee Harris. 25, the Jaguars taking Sam Cosme. 26, the Cleveland Browns taking Aziz Ojolari. 27, the Baltimore Ravens taking Joe Tryon. 27, or I'm sorry, 28, the New Orleans Saints taking Caleb Farley. 29, the Green Bay Packers taking Rashad Bateman. 
30, the Pittsburgh Steers taking Landon Dickerson. 31, the Baltimore Ravens taking Trayvon Merrig. And 32, the Buccaneers taking Levi Onwuzurike. Okay, so that is my first round mock draft of this year's NFL draft. Obviously, this will probably not be right whatsoever just because it's the NFL draft, but it's what I think these teams should do. So yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will probably do another one after the first... I'll probably do one after the second and third round are over. I won't probably, I probably won't go over the second and third round just because of, you know, not, not many people really know the prospects in the second and third round, but I will most likely make another one after the draft. Um, yeah. So that's really, that's really it. It's really all I got. <laughs> um, I know it's been a while since I've done this just because of school and stuff like that. And we're where we are going to get back into this once the season starts picking up again, just right now, there's really not much going on for us except for the draft, obviously, tonight. But, um, yeah, we are going to get back into this 100%. Um, we can't wait. We're excited. I know Joe's excited. Obviously, he couldn't be with us today, but I know he's very excited to get back into this. So, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.